Hey, long time listener, first time fucking caller. Quit saying cisgendered. We got a fucking name for it. It's called straight. You goddamn San Francisco faggot. All right, love you guys. Bye. Oh yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast. Cause it's a very good podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lance Wackerly and D. Simon, they banter about how the week went for each of them. And then they segue into the stories and the fans vote, which is the sickest of the week. And then they do phone calls and emails. It's a funny, 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 funny show. Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful podcast. It's a miraculous podcast. It's like the best podcast in the whole wide, wide, wide world. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. Happy America's Independence Day there, Wacker. Yep. Fourth of July. Truly is. It is a... uh, Day of independence. A day of independence. I think the best thing about Independence Day is the fact that you get a three-day weekend. Yeah, that's awesome. I hate when it's uh, July 4th on like a Thursday or a a Wednesday. You know, when it's like when it falls during the week. Yeah, breaks it up. Breaks it up. But not a getaway. So uh, do, do you have big plans? Do you already have a cache of fireworks? No, no fireworks. No uh, black snakes. Gonna go to the <laughs> black snakes. <laughs> black snakes are cool when you don't like own your own home. When you own your home, you're like, oh, this fucking black shit's all over my driveway now. That's never gonna come off. Can you wash that off with a hose? No. Actually, I, th- I think my uh, when we were when we were children, like our uh, driveway was permanently stained with black snake powder. Yeah. No, just black snake powder because we didn't get real fireworks. Smoke bombs, black snakes, and sparklers. Black snakes are weird. Cause it's just like, oh look, it's a turd. <laughs> it's growing. <laughs> a very stringy turd. Right. Did you ever get good fireworks though when you were a kid? Oh yeah. Like real ones? Oh yeah. We were, we were talking about this before the show. Papa I mean, my parents were was cool were with complicit. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. They would. You know, we'd drive. We would be on a vacation. You couldn't buy real fireworks in uh, Michigan because it was outlawed. But, you know, the state's right over the border, you could. So if we were in Indiana or Ohio and we were coming back, it's not like we went there specifically to get illegal fireworks. But if we were there on the way back, it might even be like the, you know, beginning of June. And we would say, oh, we better stop at the illegal fireworks place and get some fireworks because Fourth of July is uh, next month. And, you know, we're not going to be back here anytime soon. I always thought it was funny because you drive by and it's just like a fucking shack or a trailer. Or like uh, a yeah. barn. Sometimes they have like a, yeah. <laughs> it's just a trailer. And where where like are they getting the fireworks taxes from? Or anything. Huh? Like, are they just driving them up from Mexico? Well, I think they get them from China. <laughs> don't they? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I they, think all, all fireworks originate in China. But you'd have like this like fireworks barn in like Indiana off of like I-94. And it's yeah. just like filled with just like mortars. And mm-hmm. like, you know... Like black cats and all sorts of fucking shit. Roman candles. Roman candles. Yeah. I mean, M80. I don't think my parents would buy its M80s because there's really yeah. no like, you know, excusable use for M80s. <laughs> at least from a parent's perspective. From Blowing a kid's perspective, up. it's like, yeah, I'm gonna blow up some mailbox with it or throw it <laughs> on a toilet at school. We used to call them cherry bombs. Remember, you they they even had waterproof ones. Well, cherry bomb is a cherry bomb was spherical and a. M80 was cylindrical, but yeah, they both served the same purpose. Yeah, it was like a chunk of dynamite. I think my parents would buy us, uh, yeah, black cats were just, they're really loud and explosive, but I think those were acceptable. Obviously, you'd light the whole brick on fire at once. So, wait, your parents, so when you got these fireworks, were your parents allowing you to light them off unsupervised, or were they with you while you're lighting these off? I mean, it was a different time. I don't think they really care. You know, on on the 4th of July, they would be there and they'd say, oh, we're going to light all these off. But, you know, if we got some and took them out into a field, it's not like they were approving it, but it's not like they were, they would, they were, they did. It's not like they had them on lockdown, you know, it's just people just did what they want and didn't worry about stuff that much back then. Yeah. I just, the rabbi. It sounds like I'm talking about 50 years ago, but this was like, what? 
20 the years 80s, ago. The 80s, yeah. Yeah. But I guess, uh, what, 25, 30? I didn't grow up, you know, I, I didn't grow up in the States during, during the 80s. So it's like, no. but in South Africa, obviously, it's celebrate 4th of July. But when we came back here, I was like, you know, stoked about it. But the rabbi just had an issue with fireworks. And so he it was, was sort of my really mom. against them, or he just wasn't into the 4th of July at all, so it wasn't like he was going to help you get them. No, he just he thought we would blow our hands off. Like oh, he was a, like yeah. he did not. So the only fireworks we were allowed to have were the kind you could buy at like Target or something, you know, like or the gas station. Where it's like sparklers. smoke smoke bombs and spark. <laughs> oh, my dad likes sparklers. Oh god, we would light sparklers as a family. It's like getting socks for Christmas, which you also didn't get to get to uh, celebrate. But socks for Hanukkah. It's like when the sparklers come out, you're just like, holy fuck. I hope my friends don't yeah. see me with this thing. It's going to be embarrassing. We'd be in the backyard with sparklers and smoke bombs. Smoke and bombs even are all the, right. But even the smoke bomb, my mom would be like, David, put that on the ground. Don't hold it in your hand. You know, like she'd be all freaked out about it. It was just like, okay, what, what's the smoke bomb going to do? You know? Well, the smoke bomb looks like the cherry bomb. So but I guess it just, it, it just shoots colored there. smoke. It, it oh, doesn't yeah, even it does. shoot colored smoke. It's just like colored smoke just kind of plumes out of it. But in your mom's defense, she could be scared that maybe they switched out a cherry bomb for the smoke bomb, and it would blow your fucking hand off. I would, what I would do is I would just light, like, 30 sparklers. And I'd tape them together, just light the whole thing off, and then throw it at my sister. Right. You know, and it's, Which is that, why she has all the issues she has today. Probably does, but I, I just I mean, remember... I, one of my biggest memories is, you know, like... Like bullies. Like t- nowadays, people are like, "My kid's being bullied at school." This other boy, Jason, called him a fag. But like in my day, bullies were like, you'd be fucking walking through the park and you'd be like, "Oh shit, it's those bad kids," and they would literally shoot fucking bottle rockets at your head. Yeah, no. Or throw, or like throw, you know, fucking black cats try and try and put them in your backpack and shit. So that's what I remember about bullies. The, the same kids on uh, Halloween would drive around and they would see you. Mm-hmm. And then, like, jump out of the car, beat the They're fuck beat out the of fuck you, out of me and take, and my, take candy. my candy. Yeah, no, that, that happens. And then, when you times. get old enough, you do that to other kids. Exactly. And yeah. then you drive around with bottle rockets. I mean, that's, that was the old circle of bullying. circle of now life. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got made fun of. Well, though, now you go on social media and you cry about yeah, it and then, bullied, and then commit suicide. Uh, that, that, that's how it works. Um, I think one of the funniest things about fi- fireworks is the fact that. Uh, that a lot of people, we were talking about this earlier too, a lot of people won't celebrate 4th of July because they have to stay home and take care of their dog. Every, <laughs> every holiday, is this just me? Or, and let's just, we're not even going to say social media, but Facebook particularly. Um, and I know it's completely hacky to fucking talk about Facebook. It's like, do you know this airline food? What about Facebook? Uh, but anyways, I'm going to do it. It's a part of our lives, though. I mean, it's like intertwined yeah. within our daily existence. But so is it just it. me? Or is it like every holiday, I'm like, it's a new thing. I'm like, people do this? Like on Father's Day, every fucking post was like, here's the photo of me and my dad. And I understand if your dad died this year or something, or like there's a special thing that year with your dad, like maybe one or two, but it was like hundreds of posts of like me and my, and I'm just like, you know what? I called my dad, but like, I don't really give a fuck about father's day. I called him because, you know, I feel guilty, but you guys are like creating this fucking shrine. And then everybody's like one upping each other, but it's like every holiday is like that. There's some new thing. I'm like, did, did I miss something or people not used to care this much? And for me, this 4th of July, every fucking post is about how the fireworks are disturbing this or that person's dog or cat. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, right? No, yeah, yeah. Dogs freak out from the fireworks. When I, once again, this is like the old fucking grumpy old man podcast now. But when I was a kid, like, that's why you had pets. Because you're like, oh, look at the funny thing the dog's doing. It's super scared of the fireworks. It's hiding under the couch. Hilarity would ensue. Yeah, no, that that was like, those were hijinks. That was fun back then. I remember we we had a kid, or we had a, a beagle. That was like so paranoid. I mean, it was one of the very nervous dog. And as soon as fireworks would go off, this thing was trying to hide in the oven or in the dishwasher. We thought that was the funniest thing. It's like, well, look at look at the beagle yeah. running in the dishwasher. Now people are like putting heartfelt pleas on on Facebook, like, please consider people's pets <laughs> and do not light off firecrackers in on my street. Or asking for advice, you know, like, does anybody have a method to calm down a nervous cat during the fireworks ceremony? I'm very concerned. Do they make, I bet you these same people, like, uh, go purchase earmuffs or earplugs for their dog. Do they have that? 
Yeah, I bet you these people have it. It's like, for the 4th of July, we put the earmuffs on our dog. <laughs> it's the it's the Thunder shirt, dude. You don't have one for... You're just a bad pet owner if you don't have a Thunder shirt for Hecubus for 4th of July. No, dude, I couldn't give a shit. It's like, I, it, that's the thing about L.A. It's funny, because you talk about, like, white people, you know, are against the fireworks because it bothers their dogs. So they're like, you know, we don't celebrate the fireworks. Or we'll go to an area where they're lighting fireworks off, but we don't actually light our own fireworks in our driveway. Whereas Mexicans, they don't give a shit. Like in LA, it's like if you live in a neighborhood with Mexicans, they have their toddlers outside. They're right. toddlers, three or four years old, lighting off mortars that are like four feet high. This is like, going to sound like I'm trying to be Donald Trump and insult <laughs> Mexican Americans or recent immigrants, like but it's caveat. not. It's, I'm try- I mean, as a compliment, they're like Mexican Americans and recent Mexican immigrants are like what pe- Americans used to be like 20 years ago. <laughs> Like, it's just what you're saying. Like, like, oh, yeah, yeah, my fucking kid's going to light off fireworks. That's why kids like the 4th of July. What, why wouldn't you let your kid light? That's the whole point of the holiday. What if he hurts himself? Well, he better learn. Like, Mexicans aren't going like, oh, we're going to take the family down to the pier. And we're going to wash the fireworks from the barge. It's like, they're like, nah, man, we the went to Mexico. Drunk. We got like 16 mortar shells. You know, right. It's like they're going to light them off in their fucking driveway. And the dad's drunk and he's cooking like a giant fucking brisket and the like carcinogenic smokes going in all of his neighbor's apartments. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you fucking do on 4th of July. What do you mean? Like, don't you consider your neighbors and all that smoke? They have an asthmatic child. And <laughs> no. Well, it sucks for them on 4th of July. That's America. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but what's funny to me is so anyway, this whole week, you know, I, I live in a neighborhood that's uh, I don't know, probably like a quarter Hispanic, maybe a third Hispanic. I don't know. Which but, is uh, low for L.A. <laughs> well, yeah I, yeah, I think it used to be more Hispanic, but then yeah. they kind of moved south. Gentrification. But anyway, yeah, gentrification. But anyway, Fourth of July this whole week, it's been like a war zone outside. You just hear fire, fireworks to like three or four in the morning just going off. It sounds like gunshots. But I think it's hilarious. My cat freaks out, just like jumps up and like looks around. Yep. And it's, it's that's funny. I, you know, I mean, that's it's, it's amusing. Animals are kind of boring. That's how he learns about America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy America, you stupid cat. I guess the one thing I I did see another post that I guess does. I guess like you know like Iraq War veterans have PTSD and that must suck. Oh God! No, maybe go camping, yeah. like out, you know, in a secluded area. I mean, I guess I'm trying. I'm not trying to blame the victim here, but do they make uh, earmuffs for PTSD sufferers? <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> a regular earmuff. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can buy yourself a pair of those Bose noise canceling headphones. You deserve it. I remember you uh, for your country. There was a kid in. Uh, he was uh, just part of the synagogue that I remember the synagogue, and uh, he like he lit off a bunch of fireworks and blew off his hand. So he had this, like, not his whole hand. It was like a partial, you know, part of his hand was just gone. And it uh-huh. was, like, all deformed. So my mom would bring that up all the time. She was just like, and what about Jacob Rubenstein? And then you mean that like, kid with the awesome hook that I want? That <laughs> he I didn't have me? a hook. He just had, it almost looks like a flipper. It's like he had his pinky and his uh, other finger. But that anytime you talk about fireworks, she'd be like, Jacob Rubenstein. It was just like, fuck Jacob Rubenstein. It was too stupid <laughs> to run away from the fireworks. Well, because he like lit it off in his hand, and it, like an M80 in his hand, and it blew off two fingers or the fuse oh, yeah, went thumb. too quickly. Maybe it wasn't his fault, but you know, shit happens, mom. <laughs> so I can the, learn about life because of Jacob Rubenstein. That's why I had sparklers when I was a kid. You should sue my him. <laughs> See if he's still alive. Yeah, but think about Jacob Rubenstein for depriving existence. me of a fun childhood. I am suing you in tort court for $200,000. But you know, there is a kid like that in every community that uh, took it one step too far. You know? Right. And, and yeah, now he's deformed or hideously burned. And right. then their parents Gay use him as the poster ladies, child. The same person. <laughs> Take it too far, dude. Scaring Stop. toddlers, walking Halloween decoration. Yeah. But see, it's like, but you know what, parents? It's, it's not our fault. We, we, we didn't do that to that kid. I'm going right. to fucking light the firework on the ground i'm not going to hold it in my hand but then there's people our age you know 40 years old with no children who are really into firecrackers and like you know you're just drinking at a barbecue and they're throwing them at your feet and you're like fuck off dude you don't have any kids there's no fucking reason for you to have firecrackers well yeah. <laughs> it's funny dude funny. fuck off <laughs> if you had kids then it's a different story but if you're just a fucking single 40 year old guy and you're really into your fucking m80 or you know black cats fuck off it's like come on dude 
Get a hobby. Right. Get a girlfriend. Yeah. Just come get wasted with me. We don't need to fucking light shit off. So our uh, favorite prison escapees will not be celebrating the 4th. Well, one of them, I guess, will, because he's alive. <laughs> but the other one's dead, so he won't be. I think they probably serve hot dogs for the, like, nightly dinner on the 4th of July in prison. You think they do that? Like corn and hot dogs, mashed potatoes? Yeah, I bet you they have themed meals in prison. Potato salad? Yeah. Taco Tuesday? Do they do Do they do that? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. know. Um, I don't think that one guy, the guy that they caught, I I love how, so the the guy that they caught, so Richard Matt, the the well-hung prisoner. Yeah, he's a a goner. Yeah, he was wasted when they got him. He was was drunk. Photo of his brains. Yeah, Gawker posted that. And it was just like a picture of him just like, they shot him like six times in the head. He had bullet holes sure. in his skull. But this but this dude like tried to, I think he tried to like uh, carjack somebody or carjack a trailer. And then the guy called 911 and then he was hiding in the bushes, just wasted. And then cops came up and uh, told him to drop his gun. And he, instead he stands up, points to the officers and they just blew him away. Like eight shots to the, to the skull, to the dome. And uh, the guy's dead. But the other guy... Was still on the on the run, by all accounts, is the more psycho one, right? Yeah, definitely the more psycho one. Um, and he was like on the run, like so. Five days later, they ended up catching him, and uh, they they wounded him. So now they're getting all this information, and, th- and that's what's hilarious. Is this guy's like, I don't know if he's gloating or if he's like sw- like uh, doing like a, a you know in exchange for favors, you know, maybe a lighter sentence or some kind of plea. He'll tell them more information about how they well, he's escaped. He's not gonna get out again. <laughs> Oh, no, this guy's going to solitary, you know, probably for like 10 years. Yeah, maximum security. Yeah, no, he's screwed. He might as well have just gotten shot, too. But he ran, and then uh, uh, some sheriff, like, wounded him. But anyway, he's talking about how, uh, I guess he, like, left his accomplice, uh, Richard Matt. So David Sweat is the psycho that they just caught who's alive. But he left the other guy because they, they bickered over booze. And I was thinking about that. I was like, I bet you if you and I escaped from prison, we probably would have a similar uh, situation here. Bickering over booze? Bickering over booze. I'm, I'm just trying to decide who do you think would get drunker. It'd be tempting. Be te- I mean, you've been in prisons. So you haven't been drunk unless you're drinking Pruno. Pruno, yeah. <laughs> so, like, you could get real booze. It'd be very tempting. Well, he said they broke into some cabin. They found a stash of, like, blackberry-flavored gin or something. And this dude just was drinking Gross. heavily after discovering this. And so the other guy was like, you're slowing me down. And I guess the dude had uh, food poisoning or something because they, they found two pairs of soiled underwear. So, but uh, they say the guy that lived also was wasted when they caught him. No, I don't think that guy was wasted, was he? I read that he was drunk when they caught him. No, that was, that's the big dick prisoner, uh, Richard Matt. The I other guy, David Sweat, was I kind of lost interest when they, once they both got caught. I'm not really reading the articles anymore. I still want to follow uh, what's her name's Joyce uh, Mitchell Chris sentencing though. Uh, who Joyce so Mitchell? I'm just waiting for the, that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the chick. Um, you know, so what's interesting about her is so she claims to have had sex with both those guys, and uh, David Sweat, the guy that the that they caught alive, was like, "No, I never, I never had sex with her." He's just denying it. I mean, look at her; she's a hideous beast. Right, but if you were hideous in prison, creature. would you? Well, I understand what they did. I mean, they were doing Let's this to manipulate her. Let's say you weren't, weren't going to use manipulate her to uh, get out of prison, but you're in prison. Would you have sex with her? You're not going to have sex with any other woman. Would you have sex with her? I think I'd rather have sex with a Fifi towel. She's hideous. Vagina, though. I guess it is a vagina. I mean, I guess it depends on I how mean, long ask, I've been in prison. I mean, ask one of our fans who's in the military. I mean, I guess the military isn't really like this anymore. But the military used to be, you know, you'd go away for six months and never see a single female. And then, like, every girl looks hot to you, right? I guess. But, I mean, I suppose if you've been locked up. I'm not going to count it out that if I was in prison, especially if I was in prison, like, oh, I'm going to be in here for life. And that chick's like, you know, we can go in that closet and you can bang my hole. I'd just be like, yeah, probably going to do that. Just keep the lights off. Yeah. I, I guess I probably would, too. Just shut the lights off, and at least, yeah, at least I'm not getting raped in the shower. You but know, they, I think they were doing it, yeah, to manipulate her, so maybe it was a different situation. Maybe it was column A and column B. Yeah, but they were, I mean, they were, I think they were, you know, having sex in order for her to, uh, you know, sneak them in McDonald's. And, uh, <laughs> you know, apparently she would put, like, hacksaws in uncooked meat and just bring in uncooked meat. 
Like there's hamburger. another prison guard though, and I'm confused. There's a guy who they just say was a dunce and didn't get it. Didn't get what he thought that they were like doing. So you know, because they have their little like personal hot plate in their cells, and he was giving them tools just because he thought like, oh, they're just trying to fix the wiring in their cells so the hot plate works better. And they just say that guy's just like a fucking idiot. Well, did the guy uh, like that? They gave like painted him a portrait or something. Oh yeah, they gave him some painting. So he had a which painting. I don't really understand. That's as far as I got with it. <laughs> um, the David Sweat said that uh, Richard Matt, the uh, the guy that died, did have sex with Tilly right. uh, Joyce Mitchell did he many times. That he has a huge hog. He, he didn't mention that, but uh, he said that they had sex ma- uh, like many times, and he said that she agreed to drive their getaway car as long as they'd kill her husband. Which, which is just funny. Like, that guy, the husband, at first was like, no, she told me they never had sex. And now he's like, oh, okay, so she had a whole plot to kill me. And she was having sex with this guy a hundred times. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Have you seen the pictures of the dude? Tragic. Uglier than Joyce Mitchell? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and the other thing, and I can confirm this, like, the husband also worked at the prison. Yeah, and all, I think all these prisons, it's like it. a like your whole fucking family works there because it's such a gravy train. You know, you're like in the union, you get a lot of overtime, job security. It's probably the only game in town. You know, you live out in some like weird county that's far away from everything. So your whole fucking family works there. Yeah, I mean the whole town probably works there. The whole town, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's the it's the only uh, you know institution there. It's like the fake flower plant plant. <laughs> <laughs> The one thing about these guys, though, and I guess their plan was she was going to pick them up, like, after they surfaced from a manhole. You know, they did, like, test runs. They did, like, a couple dry runs. Um, But she was supposed to pick them up in the car, kill the husband, take off to Mexico. But then she ended up getting cold feet, didn't meet them. So it was, like, plan B, but they didn't really have a plan B. Which is probably the smartest thing she ever did was getting cold feet. Well, they would have killed her. Yeah, she's too stupid to realize consciously... That like, you know what? They're probably going to murder me. <laughs> but her subconscious is actually smarter than her front brain. And her subconscious was like, uh, this is not a good idea. She's like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm not going to go. Yeah, no, the superego. Her lizard up- brain is being like, you're <laughs> fucking idiot. Stop this. Yeah. I liked um, all the dick, but come on. But then you wonder like, so what would they have done? Like, I, I mean, drive all the way down to Mexico. It would have taken them hours to get there. I mean, I don't think you'd be able to just assimilate into, into like the, uh, the, 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 the populace in Mexico. You're, you're white people. You'd stand out in a sea of brown. <laughs> I think you're missing the point of why people like go on the lam. Even if you get out of prison, right? And you're just a con, ex-con and like no, ever, nobody really likes you or wants to hire you. I mean, you go to these out of the way towns, not because you're like, oh, I'm going to fit in. You go there because nobody cares. This is why people move to, like, weird towns in Alaska. Everybody knows you're a fucking ex-con, but it's just like, I don't get into other people's business. They don't get into mine. I still so it's not think that they would have blended out, in. You, we would stand out, but you move to a place where people don't ask questions. I, I think what, if I were these guys, what I would have done is hopped on a train, like, hobo style, and just went up into Canada. Like, way out into, like, Saskatchewan or something. Yeah, but do you think people in Saskatchewan don't pay attention to American news? I mean, way it's up a, in that's like... A, that's a fucking, like, developed area with, like, you know, law-abiding people. They'd be like, hey, wait a minute. That's those two guys, those two fucking killers who escaped from that pres- that prison in the United States. I think I'm going to call my constable. In rural Canada, do you really think they uh, pay that much attention to the news? Yeah, I do. I think... More so <laughs> think than Canadians Mexico? Are more, can, I think Canada, and don't get me wrong, not trying to fucking get a lot of hate mail here but i believe that canada is a little bit more into law and order than maybe some more rural parts of mexico <laughs> yeah i guess i don't know i think i'm trying just, to offend anybody i think it would have been easier to get into canada and then lay low for a while and then maybe go down to mexico but i think riding the rails would have been the uh the best bet for these guys but instead they just went and hid out in the cabin and got wasted you know except for the one guy know. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just wonder what the, uh, I, I, I'm the not, best... I don't, have a, I don't have a good plan if I'm in that situation. I wouldn't count out sitting in a cabin if it had, like, a stocked pantry. But I guess w- eventually some the fucking FBI dudes are going to roll up at the door and be knocking there and being like, just trying to make sure there's no fugitives in here, you know, like those ones we're looking for. 
But why don't you just pull an Anne Frank and like hide under the floorboard floorboards? Yeah, but I think they're gonna look for like signs of breaking in. What if the owner gets comes in and then calls the cops? <laughs> I mean, Anne Frank and her family hid from the fucking Nazi Jew hunters. I think you could probably figure yeah, maybe, something maybe. out to hide and seek from some like rural FBI agents. Yeah. Well, regardless, Not it would be easy, but. Regardless, there's going to be uh, more news on this. I, I just want to find out what happens to uh, Joyce Mitchell. She, yeah, she's got to be embarrassed. I, she, I mean, if you look at pictures of her, she might be too... I still think she's maybe too stupid to be embarrassed and maybe even too stupid to still figure out... I'm sure her lawyer's telling her just how much trouble she's in. Oh, no, she's going away for a while, but maybe the sex was worth it. <laughs> Guy had a big dick. That's true. <laughs> I mean, if you hate your husband enough, maybe you're like, you know what? I mean, I've worked in a prison, and I know exactly the conditions I'll be in, and I actually want to get away from my husband, and I don't mind going to a you know female high-security prison. It's, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, she, she probably didn't even care. Um, so we got to move on. Uh, you know, it's, it's America's Independence Day this weekend, and uh, like most Americans, we're going to be fat, lazy, and entitled and do a shorter show. Um, <laughs> With an interview. I'm on vacation from real work. I don't know why I'm doing this. Wackley has to purchase sparklers and black snakes. We don't have time to podcast. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to fill the time with an interview I did last night with a YouTube sensation. One of the first viral YouTube stars, Mr. Pregnant. Nice. Do you you remember this guy? Yeah. A weird dude. He's a weird guy. YouTube talking heads just like in front of the camera. You know, pure comedy. But when, but when viral, it was like so. He's this, not out there like fucking hitting grandmas in the head and being like, <laughs> "Check this prank out!" I got a million likes. You know, right. dumping no. milk all over himself in the supermarket. Now right. this guy, what he would do, he's that big, big fat black guy with like man tits, and he would like, you know, uh, play with his man boobs and sing songs. You know, comedy. just uh, directly into uh, a camera. And back then, no one had that. You know, the internet was you know there there were definitely the nether regions of the internet with all the, the the weird things but no one really you know it wasn't at the forefront so along comes this fat black guy shirtless with man boobs singing you know big girls don't cry with like uh snaggle teeth and then all of a sudden everyone's like oh my god this is the weirdest thing this is the internet this is the inner tubes and reddit you know has a big boner over it and so then this guy became famous okay. i think the guy's hilarious he was one of the first youtube stars i don't know if he capitalized off his fame from YouTube, because he's then still I, trying to. It sounds like. Well, maybe, but uh, now he's kind of uh, reinventing his character. Like he's not—he's kind of um, deviating from the uh, Mister Pregnant. Always thing. a risky proposition. Take it from us: do the same thing over and over and over again. That's the best way to succeed. Think, think about us. Like, remember we were trying to do the—we uh, were turning over and doing like the celebrity news. Uh, what do we do? The news. Yeah, right. Remember that. That didn't work out. No, it didn't work out. I, I don't think Soft you could just change it. People out. want one thing, and they got it day in, day out. Right. Whereas this guy, St- you know. Stick with what works. This guy has multiple characters, multiple. Why do you think uh, there's like 14 different Batman movies? Why do you think they're making another Rocky movie? Another Spider-Man origin story. There you go. Because <laughs> it works. Do you, think, do you think these big, successful Hollywood conglomerates don't know what they're doing? Of course they know what they're doing. There's, there's a reason they have scientists working on it. Do the same thing over and over. Demographic again. research. Just yeah. you guys want you the think same that thing. Ant-Man movie is going to succeed? <laughs> no, it's going to bomb because <laughs> nobody cares about a different fucking insect-based superhero. Just put Just Thor, Hulk, and Captain Spider-Man. America and Iron Man in Superman, a movie. Batman. Yeah. There you go. No, the standards. But anyway, Wonder Woman will do well because everybody want, is going to be jacking off. We need over a female her. superhero yeah, too. With their tits yeah. out. Anyway, let's get on uh, to this interview here with Mr. Pregnant. If you live in the L.A. area, I totally recommend checking it out. His comedy is, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's very funny. It's amusing. Um, before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. Mr. Pregnant, Steve Simon here calling from Sick and Wrong. How's it going? It is going magnificent. 
Hey, thanks for being on the show tonight, especially with uh, short notice here. Thank you for having me. So, I hope you don't mind me calling you Mr. Pregnant, because that's kind of where I was introduced to you. But I know uh, um, you, you've been recently going by your, your I guess, your birth name here. Uh, I, I'm actually going to have a little trouble pronouncing this. Hope I don't butcher it here. Adelston Fitzgerald Holder the First. Well, it's Adelston. Americans have a different uh, sort of cadence. They say Adelston, but it is Adelston. Fitzgerald Holder the First. That's my real name. Mr. Pregnant is just an online alias. It's, it's your, your online uh, moniker. Did, did you officially retire the Mr. Pregnant moniker or alias? Uh, no. I mean, I am an individual of many dimensions. So I just transcend into different ideas or concepts. So Mr. Pregnant is just another phase. So maybe maybe I'll get back to it, but, you know, there's far more interesting things I could do in the entertainment industry other than um, Mr. Pregnant. Ironically, it is because of Mr. Pregnant that that kind of propelled me into fame, so... Yeah, that, that that's the thing. I mean, most... Uh, I, I know you, uh, you have a multiplicity of talents here, comedian, writer... Um, musician, but uh, most people know you from YouTube because uh, you were one of the first viral sensations. Yeah, I'm they, actually one. I if 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 I'll go as far as say not being conceited, I am the actual prototype of um, taking prank or humor outside. I mean, during the the um, uh, embryonic stages of YouTube. You know, the the platform was a user-driven medium. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the persons in the early stages who went outside with a pot and teeth and started doing pranks. If you if you proceed back to 2005 or 2006, possibly after four or five months, YouTube launched when the most viewed video of the day was uh, 5,000 views and the most commented video of the day was around 250 comments. You would see that I had prank calls in those days, 2006. I had prank calls. I was already outside saying, Mr. Pregnant is outside. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. It's like you've, uh, I guess, sort of trademarked this character. And that's how people recognize you. Um, How how did it start? uh, Let me just refresh people out there. You might remember this character. You're like a kind of a big, you know, overweight guy. Uh, with man boobs, I know you had a, a video called Man Boobs, but yet you'd wear yeah. kind of like snaggle teeth and uh, kind of do comedy, basically sing songs. Uh, what was the uh, uh, Big Girls Don't Cry was probably one of the biggest videos, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so this was a character that you created. How? I guess what was your inspiration? How did this start? It's, it's, I well, mean, it's it's just rather bizarre, especially. At the time, I mean, how many characters were really on YouTube then? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you remember, if you proceed back to Lonely Girl 15, which was a complete script. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember that. Right, so that took away the whole idea of ingenuity online, and nothing we see from that point on was perceived as real, because there was always a hidden agenda. Um, in my case, it really, there's a lot of synchronicity kind of deriving from a lot of inadvertent scenarios because we're in a pot, we're in a teeth. None of these things was pre-planned. It's not something I preconceived. I didn't sit down with a panel of uh, writers and let's put this concept, let's 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 uh, materialize this idea. But as time went on, the pot take, took on all these metaphorical kind of connotations where I'll be on the streets and someone will attribute the the, the literal interpretation of the word pot to the metaphorical interpretation of marijuana. So, and it's a kind of synchronistic scenario that really worked out well because, well, why would a guy walk up to a bunch of police officers in, in, in New York City on Times Square with a Pantheon bar? Maybe the pot does have some signification. It's attributed to high on pot. So there's a lot of inadvertent scenario which kind of really shows a sign of geniusness, but it wasn't something that was uh, preconceived. It was just something that just occurred naturally. So this this idea, this character, this Mr. Pregnant character just occurred just one day and you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to videotape myself and uh, post it to YouTube. Why, like, why YouTube? Why did you choose that vehicle? Well, well remember, I was making 
videos long before before YouTube exists, long before the um, Google's acquisition of YouTube for one point something billion in 2006, I believe was acquisition. Google wasn't wasn't the first. They wasn't the archetype of a video sharing website because you had sites like Ebomb World and, oh, and a few others that back, right? So Google had something called a, a video uploader, a bulk uploader. So by the time YouTube made its debut, I already had thousands and thousands and thousands of videos on Google because Google had a bulk uploader. So, um, so by the time YouTube made its inception, it was just a matter of me transitioning from platform to platform and me already being tech savvy. We're always in tune to what's happening in, 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 in the field of technology. So we always on top of the game, the new thing out. And in those era, there was no, so, there was no such thing as, uh, Social media was just a figment of human imagination. In those days, you had... Um, well, MySpace. Huh? There was MySpace was around back then, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the real, the, the real social mediums in those era was primarily Yahoo chat rooms, Yahoo user yeah. chat, yeah. ICT chat. So those were kind of the primary medium for social interaction, interaction online. So I kind of jumped on, on the bandwagon in the early stages. Now, again, Mr. Pregnant, it appears to be something that is preconceived, but it's a gradual process. Because if you look at the early stages, I have the bulgy eyes, but there's no pot. Right? Then, I'm wearing a, then I have a pot, but there's no fake teeth. And then a year later, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking the teeth. So it's a... <laughs> so it went, went in stages. It developed. It uh, graduated into the, the, the tits and the teeth. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a supernova, an exploding star. Um, it, could, it could just spiral into a myriad of directions, and it's just one of those things where it just takes its natural course. And, and it blew up, too. I mean, how long did it take before it became, like, a, you know, a, a, I guess a viral success? Like, when, when you were getting a, you know, a few million hits on your videos, how long did this take, this process? Well, there's two, there's two sort of popularity you gain from viral videos. Now, this will only apply back to that particular era. In this contemporary time, there's a whole different dynamics. One was um, indirect popularity where I gain attention by, let's say, MTV, because I've been on MTV seven times, I've been on VH1, been on Comedy Central, I've been on America's Got Talent. So these opportunities were a sort of indirect way to build an online fan base. And then you have the natural... Um, views accumulated from people looking at my videos directly. So there were, there were two kind of platforms in which I gained popularity. One was media, media, and one was just um, the virtual form of the internet period. Mm. So you put out this video, so do you think it was, uh, I mean, it'd take a couple months for it to build momentum? Because, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm sure VH1 and America's Got Talent came from the fact that you were already on, uh, you know, you're popular on YouTube, you're a viral success. I think, I think well, uh, statistically, 99.9% .9 of the, re the reasons I get opportunity with networks is because the material has a high level of surrealism to it, right? You see that kind of incongruity, that kind of outrageous kind of stuff? Media tends to like that stuff because for some strange reason, it tends to drive traffic advertisements and that causes revenue. So it seems like that's the sort of thing they love. They want to see a big 300-pound man stuck in his pit. You see irony, satire and irony seem to be very, very prevalent um, in the media when it comes to searching for online video. They search for that kind of stuff. Yeah, but do you think they realize the irony or are they just looking at like, uh, here's a fat guy with, uh, with shaking his boobs, you know? Is that, is that what they're looking at? Mm, yeah, because there's two, there's two interpretations. One is the literal surface value and then there's the in-depth undertone. So exactly. You have, a, you have a small faction of society who will sit and watch one of my videos and they will dis dissect the dramatic situation or tragic football and, and, and even Socratic irony or different forms of satire like Juvenilian, Minipian, and Horatian. So there's a lot of figurative devices in language that you will see in my material. But those things are more exclusive to a certain faction of society, academia, who's into that sort of stuff. But for the public, it's sort of like a Mr. B. Like you watch Charlie Chaplin and you see a kind of slapstick, but there's a deep-seated political undertone in Charlie Chaplin material. That most people don't realize. Like that, that's why when I watched your videos, I remember being like, uh, it's very Kaufman, like Andy Kaufman-esque to me. 
Like watching this is like something that like if Andy Kaufman was alive this day and age, I imagine he would be using YouTube to the same aim, like the same objective. I think um, the only reason I think the only reason that I am um, I am um, it is because you cannot put what he do into perspective, and I am kind of within that same sort of context. Mm. But you can put it into context, into context, so you kind of categorize it in that. And the Kaufmanish category, where it is, um, you can't categorize it. The problem here is the high level of ambiguity. When human human beings psychologically have an issue with ambiguity, if you can't put things into perspective, it's discomforted. So I'm kind of in that predicament where you can't put me into perspective. You can't say if I'm insane. You can't say if I'm intelligent. You can't say if I'm mentally unstable. Or you can't say if I'm a genius. And I'm comfortable with that high. I'm comfortable with that sort of ambiguity. Yeah, no, I think I, I, yeah, I think I think that's a I think that's a distinction actually because right there that what that does is it separates you from just the run of the mill comedy that's out there. I guess I, I remember watching your videos. You know, it was like ten years ago at this point, but I remember watching your videos back then. But then uh, you know, recently I came across a newer video, and I and I was looking at it, and I noticed that. This video, you, you're no longer using teeth. Um, you didn't even go by the Mr. Pregnant um, alias. So I was wondering, like, how, how difficult is it to reinvent yourself after you've established yourself as a, you know, an internet personality? Like, are you facing difficulty trying to reinvent yourself in the public eye when everybody knows you as Mr. Pregnant? Well, yes. You remember, I have I lost a West Indian account where I already accumulated over 10 million views, right? Because of uh, copyright infringement or third-party legal issues. So I was kind of prevalently known as having multiple personas. You know, I've been labeled schizophrenia, bipolar, Asperger, high-functioning uh, autism, sovereign, you name it. Because on one hand, you had this. Um, this surrealistic, epic sort of eccentricity in my humor. And on the other hand, you have a guy who's writing, composing, arranging, transcribing and transposing this music into sheet music and presenting it to the public and my fans. And then I have this West Indian um, account where I was ranting. And then I had an academic account. So, so a lot of my fans were familiar with the multiple accounts. So I was kind of known as not just Mr. Pregnant, I was known as, again, this high level of ambiguity. Who is this guy? Who, essentially, who is he really? So, so I guess, yeah, so I guess that, LA, Sorry, go ahead, I apologize, go ahead. I guess that just kind of enhanced the, uh, the mystery of, uh, of who uh, you are, the ambiguity. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not something I, I do purposely. It is just, I am what I am, and I embrace engage what I do with a high level of conviction, right? And however it is interpreted beyond that point, I mean, it's, it's all subjective. It's really not an objective. In, like, you saw the article in the, in the, in the Vice. Oh, yes, so Vice, recently. Yeah. Recently, uh, I saw this article in Vice. Right, it's a beautiful article, but it's a subjective interpretation. It's not a real overall objective interpretation of who I am. What the, the journalist did, it, he, he, it's just a tiny subset of who I am that he presented to the public based on his perspective, which I think was a beautiful article, by the way. Mm. And I think it will, it, will, it will reach a lot of people, maybe encourage them to, to look and try to figure out who you are. Um, look into this I character. Um, I've, I've often wondered about this because I, I know now you have these internet, you know, YouTube uh, sensations. He's got these guys that just play video games and comment over the video games. And these guys are making... $5 million a year to $10 million a year and uh, yeah. able to completely, you know, the, their career now is to be a, a YouTube commentator, YouTube performer, entertainer. So do you, do you think if you would have continued, well, I mean, I guess you still are posting videos. Do you think you could have had a viable career being Mr. Pregnant? Mm. It's not a career I would have been happy with, regardless of if I had the opportunity or not. It, 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 that just seems counterproductive. You know, there's a. We know that you know, this is pervasively known that there's a strong correlation between comedy and depression, 
And to have a successful career in a character just seems counterproductive. I think that is a, that is, that is a psychological injustice to who I am as an individual. I would prefer present uh, a character and transcend and show what I am capable of as an individual rather than have a successful career being something that I am not. Rather than just being pigeonholed into this one, I guess, personality or this one character, which I mean, a lot of people do, you know, oh, there, there are a lot of people who are just known for this one, one character. But I think, uh, you know, in the end, I think it would drive me insane. It's like if everybody want, wanted me to, to perform, do this, you know, do this dance, utter my catchphrase. It's like, you know what, uh, there's a little bit more to me than this. But, you know, that's, uh, I think that's the uh, nature of the game. Um, so what's, what's coming up uh, for Mr. Pregnant in the, in the future here? Do you have any, um, any TV, any film, any voiceover work? Uh, the sky's the limit. I haven't had any big opportunity. I mean, I've had a few. Actually, I'm lying. Um, a number of networks, in primarily VH1, not VH1, sorry, MTV, hmm. um, featured one of my content on a show called Ridiculousness a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Did it, did it increase your uh, your hits on your YouTube page? Uh, possibly. You know, I haven't. You know, very seldom I go to my analytics to see how how um, how, how these um, publicity affect viewership. But I'm pretty certain it does. Yeah, I, I imagine it the does. I, the irony is, some of these online users get you know ten, twenty times more than a lot of these ma- views that these major networks have. Honestly. So, uh, just in terms of what I could promote here, I, I could promote your site, mrpregnant.com, right? People can yeah. go there, and it, it yeah. links to, the, to uh, your YouTube page, right? Yeah, yeah. Every facet of what I do is on mrpregnant.com. So, people go check out mrpregnant.com. Um, uh, did, did you have any, any big plans here for the, uh, the, the 4th of July? It's a holiday weekend. No, I'm going to work. I work 24 hours a day. I don't celebrate any holidays. I would like to have a show, an event, some place I could go to and make people laugh for the 4th of July. That would be my serenity, if you ask me. No, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, in this city, it seems like there's like three open mics going on every day. It's uh, Mr. Pregnant, it's been a good, it's, it's been great to have you on the show, and I'll definitely have you back sometime in the future. Um, yes, and I'd like to say that the opportunity is an appreciation that defies description, and I hope I exceeded your expectations. You certainly did. All right. Have a good weekend, man. Thanks for being on the show. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. Adios, lick my balls. I put a spell on you. So, Wacker, we got a few phone calls here, the Sick and Wrong Hotline. Um, you know, we got like three calls that were like five minutes long. Like, dude, seriously. <laughs> you know, I, the one guy, I actually listened to it because it was entertaining. He told a story about tripping on acid, but it was like five minutes and 30 seconds. We're not going to play a call that long. We're not going to sit here and listen to, even if it's a very entertaining story, we're not going to listen to it for five minutes. It's got to be under three minutes if you want to have it played on the show. So, uh, yeah, call in, truncate it, tell it us again, or move on to Once you start telling five-minute stories, I mean, like, you should just probably have your own podcast to just go on and on. Yeah, at that point, I think you should just craft your own pod. Right. Um, but we did get some calls that uh, fit our criteria. So, actually, these calls, this is going to be like, we're catching up, catching up with some fans who've called in before, um, and they're just kind of filling us in on what happened. Right. You know, like we get those calls that tell us a story and then we don't hear from for months. Yeah. So this is kind of the catch up. This is the catch up calls. Okay. Catching up with some people. So uh, you'll remember this guy. 
secret nod. What's happening? I'm the dude who uh, called his girlfriend a cunt. I Remember called him? in a little while ago. Nice. I thought I'd do a follow-up message, let you know no, how, that, this guy. how that turned out. It keeps me up um, Basically, I'll just let you uh, uh, have a glimpse into my reality right now. I'm sitting on the couch about 2.30 in the morning. I've got no shirt on. I've been playing video games for the last eight hours straight. Nice. I've probably jerked off about five times today. Um, <laughs> I've been really getting into these new genres Single of life. porn I've never seen before. Like, um, oh, the, I'm really into this thing like glory hole porn. It's it's fucking awesome. Where the chick goes in this little box and like she sucks off 14 dicks in a row. Kind of cool. Single life. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm in my one bedroom apartment all alone. Uh, my girlfriend dumped me, so that's yeah, no that's shit. Good. Uh, yeah, so some advice to you, uh, little kids out there: don't don't call your girlfriend a cunt. It's uh, <laughs> it doesn't work out well unless you envy my lifestyle right now. I'm about to go eat some uh, cold pizza and jerk off for the sixth time today. Oh, I got this other type of porn I'm really into too. It's hidden camera massage parlor porn like with the happy ending i think it's Does real this call it's from probably, 2009 or something i think <laughs> that is some old well you know what happened this dude's probably had a girlfriend for like three years oh, they right. obviously took for granted like, and, like uh, when, i like when you're in prison for like a bunch of years and then you come out and you're like wow an mp3 player what's this <laughs> So this guy, you know, now he's single, shirtless, playing video games in his apartment, and just jerking off like five times a day. So yeah, this porn is new to him. Rediscovering porn. What's funny about this dude is so he is probably in a relationship with a girl that he took for granted. Obviously, more attractive than him, but then he just in his mind was just like, you know, fuck this bitch. I'm gonna go get go bang a bunch of other chicks. You know, in his mind, he thought he could do that. Whereas she's you already had like three yeah. boyfriends. <laughs> you know, she has, she's probably in a new relationship. She's probably had several relationships since then. Right. Because she's a chick. She can go to a bar and have sex with anyone. You can't. And that's reality, you know? Don't take your girl for granted. Don't call no. her a cunt. No. Lesson learned. All right, here's another guy, uh, another follow-up call. Hey, guys. It's uh, Ansel from New York. I remember I uh, called a couple months ago talking about how you guys had annoying California accents, but uh, I just wanted to, uh, you know, say thanks for doing the show. I um, I recently overdosed on heroin about three months ago, and, uh, you know, listening to the show has been nice. been a 90-minute reprieve, but, um, pain. you know, I was in Ithaca, New York recently, and uh, there's this, this waffle house, like a, a waffle restaurant that's uh, run by a cult. And uh, I was wondering what you guys thought about that. So I thought I'd throw that out there and tell you about the waffle cult. And, uh, yeah, keep it sick, keep it wrong. Is it Landmark? Landmark? Is that the name of the uh, the restaurant? They do a bunch of restaurants and coffee shops. And I don't know, it might be something else. But uh, it, it's like you start working there and it's very much like think positively and and then people will always be like i love that coffee shop they're they're always so like nice and and happy but then you find out that when you work at one of these places they like you're forced to to sort of adhere to this like lifestyle outlook of like positive thinking and i guess you know it's like scientology like the deeper you get into it like we're going to promote you to manager but first you need to go to this management training seminar and you're like okay and then you go to it this is what i've heard from people so, who so you're there. indoctrinated though like if they you start, start indo- working you're there? like these positive thinking concepts don't seem so management oriented and kind of seem like mind control <laughs> yeah. but i mean do they have like meetings outside of work I think like you're gatherings. like highly encouraged to be like, yeah, like you need to you need to participate in outside work events or like, yeah, we're kind of going to let you go because you punched in like two minutes late. And you're like, it's probably because I didn't go to that meeting. Do you, uh, do you remember that place, uh, Golden Era in San Francisco? Yeah. Do they still have one in Oakland, actually? I think so. So that place is a cult. There's a lot of but these that's like, like a vegan, full blown like yeah. Asian weird fucking like big trouble in little China cult. But it's it was, can understand that. it's weird. There's that place, and then there's another one. One of my favorite restaurants in San Francisco. It's a vegan restaurant called Ananda Fuera. 
Mm-hmm. On uh, it's, I think it's on Market and Ninth. But that place is only open to like three o'clock. That's another full blown cult. Like you go there and the people are wearing like you know purple robes. Yeah. And like the girls have shaved heads and they come over and you like they'll sit you if you go by yourself they'll sit you at a table with just some other random dude by them by themselves. It's, it's really weird. But yeah, the whole I time would never, you're eating, ever go there. Yeah, but the whole time, but their food's amazing. But the whole time you're eating, there's a big TV with the with the the leader just speaking. <laughs> Yeah. And so it's just playing in the background. It's 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 definitely a very creepy atmosphere, but the food is good. Like Golden Era, it's like, you know, it's a vegetarian Vietnamese restaurant. The food's great. Cult. If I if I recall correctly, that was the place where that like huge roach landed on you. Yes. At Jared's You'd birthday. Save that story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh I I don't have an issue going and eating somewhere that is owned and operated by a cult. I also don't have an issue working somewhere that's uh owned and operated by a cult, apparently. <laughs> Everybody's in a cult of some yeah, sort. Yeah, you know, why not? <laughs> okay, here's another call from another long-time listener. Follow-up. Hello, I'm just calling with a follow-up to the call I did the other day. Uh, you were asking about uh, Japanese fart stories or fart stories in Japanese. I think that would be a bit boring and a bit weird with my weird accent, but uh, I can tell you a story that has a little bit of Japanese in Actually, I would love to hear just an hour podcast of fart stories in your weird moon moon voice. Uh, basically, in the story, as usual, I was at work and I was in the cubicle and uh, I heard someone come into the bathroom and he went up to the urinal and it was this, from the sound of it, it was an old guy and he was like mumbling to himself and I heard him just stand there and go for a piss. And then he did this really long, loud fart that sounded a bit like a a road drill. It was like, like that. Anyway, so then there was a bit of silence. I was trying not to laugh, of course. And uh, then the guy, I just heard him go, damn it. Do you think the moon is actually using the facilities or is he just chilling in there to listen to men fart? No, I think he's using them. Do you think he's actually... But do you think yeah, he's, he's staying in there... he active colon. I mean, a healthy active colon. But do you think he's staying in there longer than, like, the five minutes it should take for him to shit? To evacuate <laughs> no, his bowels? you're shit timer? No, I'm just saying, it's like, you can go in there... Five minutes. You could go the in D there... Simon official third <laughs> counter. All right, but if you're... Okay, if you are uh, on a... Uh, you know, you, you gotta, you're on a schedule here. If you go in there, how long would it take you to take a shit? Like, two minutes? Three minutes? Yeah, you know, I've got my phone... It depends. So you're going to chill in there Longer for a good than 10. three. I think I'm in there for like seven or eight. Yeah, but if you're on a tight schedule, like you got a meeting coming up, <laughs> you could probably go in there, pound it out in like three minutes. If I had to, yeah. So that's the, the thing. The problem like, is the wiping <laughs> and the uh, consistency of your turd. That's what you're like. It's like, well, how much time is that going to take? I don't know. Could be three. Could be 30 seconds. Yeah, that's true. It depends. You got to monitor like what you think it's gonna you have to forecast it it's like chocolate pudding in a shag rug last night do i have time for this or should i hold it you know what there's a guy i've noticed in uh, the bathroom where uh, where i work that actually puts toilet paper on the crack in the door what in the fuck (laughs) so you know there's like Like, so nobody can peek in i guess I, i i've been dying to find out who this person is but you know, obviously, I'm you not going to wait. Can't see because there's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to peek in anyway. But Maybe you know when you, you but you know when you walk in, there's like what? It, what would you say? It's like a half an inch, an inch maybe. Not like, half an inch. I don't know. The crack between the door jam and the door, or underneath. I don't even understand. Not underneath really. the crack between the the door and the post. That is fucked up. Yeah, it's really weird. So it's like you walk through, though, but if you, you know, you, you walk, you're trying to find an empty stall. And if you see, you know, someone, obviously, the corner of your eye in there, you go to an, an empty stall. But this guy puts toilet paper, like he specifically hangs toilet paper over the cracks. So it's like completely private. This is like some Norman Bates shit, dude. I know, I'm dying <laughs> to find out. His fucking parents did something to him as a child. Well, he's that worried that his coworkers are going to peek through the crack and watch him uh, poo. Right. Watch him shit. And now you gotta like bend over and put and like look for shoes. Fuck that. I, I don't. Dude, that dude needs to be shamed. I need to find out who it is. I have some suspicions, but look uh, at the shoes. I guess and then I, go through the office and do a shoe check later. Yeah, in but the there's day. like 300 people in my office. How am I gonna know? Shoe check. <laughs> you gotta do it. I'm hoping you know, it's an executive. 
I'm hoping it's an executive. I don't. It's somebody. Anyway, let's get back to the the moon. And uh, then the guy, I just heard him go, Damajan, like that. And basically, Damajan. that's a you know that's an expression of disapproval. So he was like, you know, a rough translation given the context and everything would be, that's fucked up, like that. <laughs> Except there was no one else there, so he was like <laughs> saying it to himself, a little bit of. Uh, self-regulatory behavior mm-hmm. and uh mm. so and then he he walked out uh didn't wash his hands from the sound of it which like i don't think he shat himself but it sounded like there was a bit of spattering there no moisture uh, anyway <laughs> i think the lesson Spack. from that you know there's a bit of Japanese there for any Japanese farting situations you might find yourself in so if someone farts near you just go Damajan, like that. Damajan. It's a good way to react. Anyway. Damajan. Okay. Oh. Cheers, bye <laughs> I actually learned something from the show today. I know. A little bit of Japanese. Damajan. Now I'm bilingual. I know. I, yeah, I wish I worked with some Japanese people. That's the first thing I'm going to say next time they fart near me. Damajan. Mm. It's fucked up. Um, well, thanks, Moon. Thanks for sharing. Uh, people call Sick Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. And uh, yeah, keep it under three minutes and we'll play your call. Uh, we got we to get out of here. We got to go light some fireworks. We got to go play with some sparklers. Run around, swing, you know, lighting sparklers. Doing our America. name. Spelling out our name in the air. Right. Um, people, listen to the show on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, comment. We appreciate it. Also, Sick Wrong Facebook page is uh, very entertaining. Uh, making a lot of posts there. Uh, Wackerly posts there on a regular basis. Um, so if you want more of his wry, sardonic humor, you can go to the Facebook page and uh, subscribe or there follow. Uh, also, we have prints available. There's only a few left. Um, and only a few, few T-shirts left, actually, mediums and smalls. If you want to order a larger and extra large tea, you got to go to the Cafe Press store. So cafepress.com uh, slash sick and wrong. Um, and Sick Wrong Song of the Week is, uh, it's an American song. It's a song about America. It's a song about this country on this country's Independence Day. You know? Um, That's America by Bruce McCullough from the album Shame-Based Man. Mm. You, know, you know that record? I used to have it, but I don't really remember any of the songs. I, I don't know if I really appreciate a Canadian talking shit about the country or making fun of it through musical expression. Yeah, but you like his sense of humor. Sure. I like his observational comedy. <laughs> it's a very patriotic song for a very patriotic weekend. That's America by Bruce McCullough. We're going to end the show with that. Uh, so happy Independence Day, Wackerly. And uh, British people, uh, normally we would um, start poking fun at you and uh, gloating over our independence. But, you know, you should be glad. Like, you should be happy that you don't run this country. Like, seriously, could you imagine how shitty your health care system would be if you had to take care of us? <laughs> That's true. God, it'd be the worst. It's already pretty bad, but I mean, yeah, if you had to take care of all of us Americans, like if we were all Brits, <clears throat> yeah, that would suck. Um, You'd have better uh, TV, though. <laughs> I like British TV. <laughs> I'm just trying to rile them up. <laughs> Think of CSI London. <laughs> CSI London. I want to watch, like, CSI Wales. Um... <laughs> Have a safe and happy 4th of July. Remember to light the fireworks on the ground. Don't hold them in your hand. Uh, Keep them away from your genitalia. (laughs) Don't don't throw them at your uh, brother's genitalia. Just put them on the ground, light it, and run away. Don't be like Jacob Rubenstein. Have a flipper for a hand. Uh, We'll be back next week with episode 491. Until then, take it easy. Good night. Some people look at a flag swaying in the breeze at the White House and say, that's America. Whenever I see an American flag hung in a window of a basement apartment by guys who have better things to do with their money than buy curtains, I say, that's America to me. In America, there are 51 states. Or maybe it's 80 by now. Does England count? I'm not quite sure. The one thing I am sure of is, if I'm standing in a warehouse beside a time clock, and a guy is punching in his best friend who's too hungover to get out of bed, I'm standing in America, the makeover capital of the world. The place where every young man has to answer in his heart the question, what do you love more, your girlfriend 
or your car. Where that young man can buy a beat-up car for $300, but has to spend $1,000 to insure it. The land where even a paperboy can option the film rights to a book. America. In America, a woman on an assembly line works out her overtime in her head to infinity. And at the exact same moment, her husband gets into a car crash because he's looking at a girl in a tube top. America. A land where spelling doesn't count. People's pets do. Where else can a guy get a job riding a whale at Marineland? The land where a guy's girlfriend breaks up with him over the phone. So he takes a gun and kills the principal. Everyone's sad until they get the day off. Next week, another guy, another gal, another we can still be friends phone call. Whoa-oh. The assistant principal gets killed. And everyone's sad because they don't get the day off. Because he was only the assistant principal. America, a land of opportunity. Yes. That great lumbering beast that journeys tirelessly and stops only to eat a clubhouse sandwich and pick its teeth with a matchbook cover and fall asleep with the TV on. America, a place for Americans. Six on podcast. Back. What are you guys doing? How is the political life? This is the climate. I like it. I and y'all send me a care pack. Fuck y'all, nigga. Ah.